going to be speaking out of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. And if you look at verse 17, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. That is a very, very, beloved is a very, very, very important verb. Um, and it's a, what's called a perfect passive verb. And it's passive because we are not actively doing anything. We are just receiving it. We are receiving it. And the perfect tense in Greek grammar is something that has durative action meaning that it's something that happened a long time ago, but has continuing effect. So when Christ said on the cross, it is finished or it is accomplished, that was in the perfect tense, meaning something that happened 2,000 years ago, but still has effect. Now, the perfect tense is the most important tense in grammar because it's something that is durative, that it occurred whenever it occurred, but still has impact today. And so meaning that you are loved, and this is why it's important. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Holy and beloved, that is so important. There are people who are on drugs because they weren't loved. There are people in prison because they were not loved. There are people who are dead because they are not loved. There are people on the streets because they are not loved. I want you to grasp hold of that regardless of what family you've come from. You are beloved. And it's, it's, you guys, oh, well, my family didn't love me. Well, is what I'm going to say. Your family didn't know your value then. But God does. Your creator knows your value. Your family is not your creator. Your family didn't give you life. God gives you life. Your family just passed on the life that God gave you. Right? God is the original appraiser. God knows his creation, right? So you are beloved. And then he says- That's enough, stop, you're being a pain. So, and because you are beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Anybody does the thing, the really cold weather, it's really cold this morning when I was going to the gym, you know, you can put on your thermal, right? Your, your, put on your thermals, then put on another layer, and another layer, and another layer, right? This is all 
insulation, where we should insulate ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should, you should, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So love keeps all of these things together. Love is the glue, the adhesive force, right, that, that keeps all of these things together. Here's the kicker. Here's the most important part of this verse, and I'm going to explain it. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. You know, anytime that you get angry, that you get upset, it's because the peace of Christ is not ruling in your heart. You have allowed another ruler to come in. In fact, actually, see in the original Greek. In the original Greek, it's let the peace of Christ be the umpire or the referee, the decider, right? The decider, right? It's the umpire. I think everybody, a lot of people grew up when I grew up. Does anyone remember watching uh, tennis in the uh, late 70s, early 80s? Uh, John McEnroe, remember? And you cannot be serious to the umpires. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. John McEnroe didn't, wasn't the umpire for as much as his ten temper tantrums. Like the umpire said, no, you cannot be, I cannot believe it. It doesn't matter. The umpire is going to rule. That's what the umpire does. The tennis player doesn't rule. No. Oh, that was not, how oh, are you blind? You used to say all of that. The umpire always ruled. It would be, can you imagine if the, that would be a crazy match? That would be Wild Wild West came to tennis if the tennis player ruled. No, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You know, in fact, you know what this is saying? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Why is that so important? Is the peace of Christ, if it's ruling in your heart, you know what? You encounter microaggressions today. You know, somebody gives you an attitude. You know what they do. You know what you typically you do if you don't know this? You give them an attitude back. No. That's not letting the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That's letting the power 
of the world designed to take the peace of Christ from your heart rule. Here's when the peace of Christ rules in your heart. Somebody gives you an attitude. You know what? You swap the peace of Christ swallows it up. Remember the Pac-Man? Remember I tell you, he used to play Pac-Man. Oh, there's so many hours I spent. I misspent youth on Pac-Man and Space Invaders back then. Pac-Man, boom, 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 boom. It will swallow up, swallow up the animosity, the belligerence, right? The hate, whatever it may be. Remember, the peace of Christ is the umpire. It has the final say, right? It has the final say. It is a powerful, powerful vacuum. It just vacuums it all away. I got this powerful vacuum, this Dyson for the dog hair in the house. Vacuum, everything. Guarantee gets everything up. Everything up. And these dogs in summer, oh boy, they can shed. Gets, gets it all up. Swallows it all up. Well, the peace of Christ will swallow up any anxiety, any anger, any bitterness, because it's the umpire. It will have the final say. It is the ruler. Let's not give rule to someone else. No. So what you should say when you encounter someone that wants to take that away, never, ever, ever give anybody's attitude preeminence. Don't allow anybody's attitude to cause a reaction in you. No, we are supposed to act, not react. Acting is regardless of how someone behaves towards me, I am going to act this way. Reacting is depending on how someone behaves towards me, that determines how I behave towards them. That's a reaction. No, there has to be an action. Here's what you do when you behave that way. Your mood will be stable. Because really, now, if the peace of Christ is not ruling in your heart, your mood is based on whoever bangs into you. Really, you are not getting anywhere. Remember another thing I did when I was a kid. Anyone go on the dodgems, the bumping cars? You know, that bumping car, wasn't that a mess? I mean, you just get stuck in there. Right? You just, why am I on this ride? I mean, come on, I'm not going anywhere. Pay this money for, for, for this? Whoa. I mean, whoop, boom, and that's it. Boom, boom, boom. Come on. And that's what happens. You're not going anywhere. Whereas when the peace of Christ rules in your heart, you don't bump in to anywhere. You just keep going. Nothing stops you. You'll have peace. I'm telling you something. If you act and not react, 
It's you will not have moodiness. You will not be depressed. You will have stability. Mood disorders are a result of emotional fluctuations in people's life. If you keep your mood stable, which you can, if you allow this peace of Christ to rule in your heart, you will sleep better. You'll eat better. You won't have stomach cramps and stomach aches and all of the other things that go on. You'll enjoy things better. Having a meal, you'll enjoy your food. You'll enjoy the weather. Really, if you allow this peace of God to rule in your heart, because understand one thing, the power is there. You decide whether it rules or not. Really, God has given you the power. You decide. I'll say you can use your members as instruments of righteousness or unrighteousness. You decide. The power is there. This is what you have to understand is that peace is an overriding factor. In fact, what does scripture call it in Philippians? It says the peace that transcends all understanding. It's beyond all understanding. Because in this situation, I shouldn't have peace. But is the thing is the difference with this peace. You're not deriving peace from the situation. You're deriving peace from the Prince of Peace who's living on the inside, who is able, and that peace is able to eclipse the situation. It's different. This is inside out living. We have to live inside out, not outside in. Right? And that's why greater is the power of peace on the inside than the power of chaos on the outside. I remember when I had no peace, it was pieces all over the place. But the power of peace, it's supernatural. It's the peace of God. We were never ever meant to live naturally. It's impossible in this world to navigate this creation without the peace of God. It is impossible not knowing what's gonna happen next. Life is way too fragile, way too fragile. You can't do it. It's gonna cause this, I mean, there's just gonna be so much existential angst, dread. Really, we were never meant to live like that. We were meant, we were not just hurled into the world. If you're hurled into the world, wow, what's gonna happen? Whoa, is this gonna happen? Is this, no, we were meant to tap in to God. When you tap into God, we were not meant to live by circumstances. You can't control 
the circumstances. It's impossible. You can't control the environment. Doesn't matter how much power you have, doesn't matter how much resources you have, you can only control yourself and you need supernatural enablement on the inside to be able to live successfully on the outside. Power passes power. And we are talking about tapping in to supernatural power to be able to live successfully naturally. Jesus Christ said, in this world, you'll have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, be happy. I have overcome the world. That's what we tap into. We are not trying to reinvent the wheel. This one, you can't reinvent. It's easier to reinvent the wheel, actually, than to try to reinvent anything supernatural to overcome the natural. It can't be done. Only Christ did it. And so let's tap into that. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And then look where it says, what feeds peace? Well, verse 16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with, with thankfulness in your heart to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. So how do I, how do I feed peace? By the word. By the word. You know, at one time, people know, I didn't grow up with Christ, didn't grow up in the church. In fact, in our family, it's like you grow up in the church. No, where is the church? Where is it? You know, really. And so when I was in the mental hospital and my cousin brought that Bible, and I questioned, I go, words, I can read in words. I can read in words. Do that. You know, I've never, never, ever read books where words can do all of this stuff all of these claims because I never read supernatural words. These were all natural. These are supernatural. So he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Where is a dwelling? It's where someone lives. Let the word of Christ richly live in you. Here's what goes on. Here's what goes on when you read the word. We know that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God explodes in your spirit and changes your reality. It changes your reality. So many times, and people know, so many times you don't have a desire to read the word. If the enemy is coming after you, he's not coming after you for your stuff or anything like that. He's coming after you for the word of God. We all know 
Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, how the seed was sowed and how it was sowed on thorny ground. You know, make a decision today to let the word of Christ dwell in you, live in you, right? richly, richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you in abundance, richly condensed, meaning you are allowing the word to stay there. No, don't let the word of Christ visit you. No, it's living you, right? So the word, so your spirit becomes a dwelling place, right? Your spirit becomes a dwelling place, not visitors. Many families we know in a tradition, we have visitors at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all of that. Those visitors are not visiting richly. In fact, they're visiting sparingly because you only see a couple of times a year. No. With this, let the word of Christ live in you in abundance, really richly distilled in you. You know what? Because it's going to change your reality because it's alive and it's powerful. I know that I was delivered from all of my stuff because the word of Christ dwelt in me richly and it always will because I know the power of it. I know the way to change your reality. You will never have two, uh, 2022 or 23 or any year the way you are supposed to, unless this word dwells in you richly. Because if it doesn't, you'll always be living naturally in a natural environment. You'll always be tugging to playing tug of war, really, with circumstances. Whereas when it dwells in you richly and it becomes the ruler in your heart, then you live in this world so successfully and that is not dependent upon what goes on in this world. It's dependent upon what goes on in your heart. We have to feed the heart by the word of God. Let Christ be the umpire of your heart. Don't let anyone come along and take that peace. In fact, they're not. You're relinquishing it. You are divesting yourself of it. No, stop it. Let the word of Christ rule, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, right? Let Christ determine what is out. If anything comes and tries to take your peace out, strike. It's out, really. Really. Hey, root. anything that tries to take your peace Send Mark and Roe back to the changing rooms. It doesn't matter how much he yells. You know, he can break his tennis racket. It doesn't matter. 
right? Send him back, the jumping up and down, all the antics. No, you let the inside reign, not the outside. Because when you're doing that, you're being disempowered. You are being disempowered. And if you get disempowered, here's the thing. If somebody comes along and enables you to feel bad because of their attitude, right? That is gonna start a chain of events. You're gonna feel bad now because you know you've just given power away that you didn't need to, right? And then you're gonna try some kind of messed up way to get the power back. Maybe even trying to be mean to somebody else to try to restore the power balance. It's never gonna happen. It becomes this vicious chain of events. You'll never, I'm gonna tell you something. Nobody is ever happy. It's never happened by being mean to someone, never. God didn't create us that way, really. It's just like saying that, yeah, I'm doing evil, so good will come. That's silly. It's never going to happen. No, no. The way to do good is to do good and to be good. Let, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So if you do encounter somebody with a bad attitude, the first thing is just, I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule, rule, let it rain, let it rain in my heart. Pride should always be on the throne. It's silly having supernatural power and giving it up to a customer service rep with a bad attitude, right? Or the guy on the road you don't even know, right? Let the peace of Christ rule 